When you talk to people about their care in rural and remote Queensland, there is one consistent in their feedback. They all have glowing praise for the clinicians living and working in their community. These projects aim to empower and build workforces in some of our smallest communities, helping provide equitable care with a whole lot of heart. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Masana, as I've been introduced earlier. So I'm just going to talk about our Indigenous Cardiac Outreach Program at the Prince Charles Hospital. Um, I'm, in a, in, I'm not yet a cardiologist. Um, I'm a, in my final year of training, uh, so which basically means um, I'll be unemployed next year. So if, any, <laughs> if anyone looking for a cardiologist and a general physician, just let me know. Um, it's green button, is it? All right. Remember the green button. So start with the, um, that we acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to lands, waters, and cultures. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and the emerging, and extend our respect to any other Aboriginal or Torres Islands uh, under people present today. So as the astute observers uh, may See today, I'm not Indigenous, uh, but uh, work in the Indigenous uh, programs actually twice for two years. Um, I'm sort of Malaysian originally, but I can relate to the uh, Indigenous community because um, I find that cultures are very similar, very Asian, very communal. Uh, that's why uh, that's why I sort of return. I did it twice uh, in my trainings. Uh, with the program, we established the programs more than 10 years ago, uh, 2007. Um, it was the brainchild of Prof. Walters. Uh, the reason being we've, we've seen that a lot of indigenous patients that we treated in the tertiary hospital, uh, we, we've, you know, we had, they had some procedures, some surgery, and then when we discharged and we look at the vastness of Queensland, we say, where, where do we send these patients to? Um, and a lot of these rural and remote communities, they don't have any, any even doctors. Uh, so that's just the idea sort of uh, started from there. Uh, we thought that um, these indigenous communities have a high rates of uh, sort of non-adherence and missing and sort of missing in actions. So we want to be a very cut, a culturally sensitive uh, program, and then it's community-driven. So uh, we we consult with the elders of the community, and in particular areas that we would like to, uh, they, well, they would like for us to to come and 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 uh, do our clinics. So it, we're currently at 23 sites. Um, it was previously 35 sites with uh, nearly 1 million kilometres squares of land mass that we covered, uh, but uh, some, some other site that we've basically built the capacity in that, that site and, um, and they can sort of run on its own and we've handed over to the uh, local sort of cardiology service, uh, particularly in Townsville and Cairns. Uh, so now we have 23 sites, still massive land mass, uh, so nearly half a million, uh, million kilometres square. And if you see, that's the current site at the moment. Um, uh, we know we've done well because we provide better coverage than Telstra. Uh, uh. Um, and I mean, we know we've scientifically been proven that sort of cultural uh, 
sensitive intervention works. Uh, and and uh, if you look, that's, uh, there's a previous studies in a very established journal, New England uh, General Medicine, that was published a few years ago uh, with the blood pressure control, blood pressure intervention through uh, black barber shop. Because we know that black barber shop or African-American barber shop is probably the correct way of... Uh, it's uh, being described as a pillar of the community, a sanctuary, and in fact, they say, uh, care beyond hair. Uh, that's what's being described in the past. And if you look, that this, this is one of the aspects of interventions uh, in that community. And the blood pressure control, if you do it done through the uh, black barber shop, we get very drastic, dramatic improvement in the blood pressure as compared to your standard of care. So with that in mind, we've got our team. Uh, so it's multidisciplinary team. Uh, and the core to our team is our indigenous uh, health uh, officers, uh, indigenous project manager. They're, uh, they're, they're our team leader. They got us. They engage with the community. They engage with the elders. Obviously, the cardiologist. You can't have a cardiology clinic without a cardiologist. And at the moment, we have cardiologist registrar, but. Uh, uh, but uh, previously, we have a general medicine advanced trainee. I'm going to talk a bit, bit better, a bit, bit more about that. That's being strategically um, located within the program to address basically the chronic disease and absorb some of the chronic disease burden in the community. We have our echo scientists. We're able to perform echo uh, on the go. And our nurse. And, an, and a lot of the nurse uh, in the, within a clinic uh, set up the nurse practitioners. So within the clinic, they'll be able to deliver healthcare, uh, sort of specific sort of, uh, health education uh, on the go. Um, and also, half of the clinic uh, we done through the plane, so the plane we're not Mrs. Rice, so uh, good. So we've uh, written this bit. Uh, in the past at General Medicine sort of Indigenous Outreach Registrar as part of the training program. So they, um, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a respiratory side of it, but uh, they've, uh, they basically strategically, as mentioned, strategically located within the program to absorb some of the chronic diseases in that community. Because one of the things we find that as a lot of patients uh, that we have it don't really come for, for their heart problem. They have the other chronic diseases that needed addressing uh, as well. Uh, and then within the area, we, you know, they have the GP, but sometimes I mean, it's looking at the vastness of the, that area, the GP might not be able to capture some of the, uh, some address some of the issues. So we kind of uh, spare hands for the GPs to address some of the issues. Um, we, we do we do have our respiratory uh, uh, side of it, but uh, um, would they have a better name than us? So they're, they're the IROC program, which uh, uh, where the ICOP. So uh, um, we can't change that uh, uh, that sort of a C in that uh, R, uh, which just doesn't sound nice. So we bring our equipment to the community. So uh, we have portable uh, echo uh, with the echo scientists. We do ECG on the go. Uh, sorry, back. Uh, and then we bring actually our lipid, uh, lipid sort of on point of care lipid and point of care HB1C. So every time we get, they get a lipid profile. So we can do interventions on the step. If the lipid, they're not that great, then uh, we just do intervention on the step. And we capture a lot of the uh, diabetes in the community just by bringing that machine around. So the clinic process that we do, 
we kind of open door policy, so it's not just uh, you know GP referral. A patient can self-refer to the clinics, and also the healthcare worker can can refer that patient to clinics. And I'm going to talk about a bit more. And then uh, when the patient attended the clinic, we have this our indigenous. Uh, Project, project officers and also local health workers sitting with the patient in a waiting room, basically having a yarn to loosen, loosen, things, uh, loosen them up for, before they've seen us and basically to identify us and the issues they may, the doctors might not be able to capture it during the consultation. So by the time the patient gets to us, they've sort of identified some of the issue we need addressing and then some of the issue that we can sort of uh, help with that. And also during consultation, if the indigenous uh, uh, patient would request, uh, want uh, the workers or the project officer to be in the, com uh, in the consultation. We can, uh, they can join and help us with the, some of the communications. Once it's done, we've, you know, we've stratified a patient. Some have patients have some tests uh, in terms of follow-up. If we, we identify some of the patient might be risky, uh, and then we get this uh, the indigenous project uh, officer, which is basically based in our office, to give them a call to see what's happening uh, after the clinic and to see whether they've, you know, would they have any issues that they need to, they need to address. Some of them might have, uh, might have to come to the whole hospital, and they, they also work in our indigenous uh, office at the hospital, so to, to, to smoothen their transition going to the hospital. So, oops. Obviously, we uh, service consultation. We can see the pictures. They're all taken with the permission of the patients. Um, uh, and uh, this, uh, on top of that, that be Dr. Ratford, Dorothy Ratford. Uh, she's the uh, first female cardiologist in, uh, in probably in Queensland, definitely, and probably in Australia. Um, she's uh, with her in the clinics. She's uh, uh, she's dual training adults in pediatric cardiologists. And uh, when we when we do clinic with her, we're able to see uh, pediatric patients uh, as well as the adults. And we do some ECG, echoes. And also, in between our clinics, we do, we, to, to, to build that capacity in that community, we also develop some education programs. So this is us uh, bringing our laptop, just going to the, uh, uh, the council uh, workers, and then just have, have a bit of yarn about their health. Uh, and then that's on the right, it's, uh, Dr. Christian Hamilton-Craig and me on the left. Uh, and uh, sort of, uh, if you look at their body size, they're the time bomb of that within that community. And uh, the good result is uh, that afternoon, that same, the same healthcare worker turned up to our clinic. And then that, we did a small, small sort of size, and we did a bit of a larger size in, the, in that community. And you can see that sort of a disease prevalent, disease, ischemic heart disease, very prevalent in that, uh, in that community, even though. Um, uh, we can see that rheumatic heart disease it looks like that's smaller, but because the, the ischemic heart disease proportions are really high in that community. And this is some of the statistics. It used to be a lot larger. Once we have 35 sites, uh, uh, used to have about 2,000 patients, active patients in our, in our clinics in that, in that remote, uh, re remote area. Um, and also because the, if you look at the numbers sort of dwindling down, that's because of a COVID, situ I mean, COVID situation and uh, limitation we're able to, to deliver the service in the community. And there's some, we refer to a fair few, fair few referrals, a lot of investigations, uh, a lot of them having some procedures, a lot of them are having some surgeries. Moving on, things that we've found in that community is we've done a bit of an audit and seen what's happened in the community. Um, uh, over 10 years, we've wanted to look at the rheumatic heart disease in our ICOP cohort. 
and we've seen there's very young cohort and very young cohort in there in the 30s, and most of them are female. And the, the sobering fact is one in four, one in four patients have uh, had required valve intervention uh, during their life. And the age of intervention, they're very young patient that requires valve intervention because average age or med, mean age is 25. And very comorbid conditions. If you look, this is where previous, uh, previous sort of, we looked, this is a very uh, massive burden in that uh, lower gulf uh, area. And um, uh, uh, what's, what, to three-fourths of our patients' cohort. We're trying to capture the Wurubinda. Wurubinda is another sort of, out, sort of big burden in rheumatic heart disease. We start capturing that. Um, Real-life cases that's, that we've seen in the clinics that are 14-year-old with mechanical mitral valve, and this had been on warfarin since the age of eight. Uh, it was a bit tricky with thinking about pregnancy and, uh, and, and you know, going that, that, that sort of a, and having a scar, big scar, you know, Playing with your friends is really, uh, really not really uh, something that we, you know, would like our children to even to have that effort, face that situation. And a 35-year-old mother, there's four young children with uh, mechanical mitral valve that I've seen myself with have no warfarin on board for about six months. I'm quite surprised that she managed to survive this 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 sort of while. So this is a real, real life cases that I've seen in that in that sort of area. How about? We, didn't have, we haven't able to capture as hard facts yet, but we look at a surrogate marker, so a lipids profiles. So our lipid profile in the clinic it looks like we're better than the, you know, not just remote, the rest of remote Australia, but Queensland, also the, our national data. Uh, uh, we could, we're planning to look into this further and then, uh, and then sort of see whether what's where, where we're at at the moment. But uh, we look at it further, maybe because you know we're better because we're we're sort of very we're a very specialist clinic. Uh, so we look at a very skewed population with with a you know well look up and look after. But uh, we sort of trying to compare it with uh, apple and apple. So we look at our cohort with established uh, atherosclerotic disease where they already had a heart attack, had a stroke, or peripheral vascular disease, and look at their their lipid profile. We found that we're actually on par with the. Uh, developed countries uh, just because we're able to deliver that sort of a cultural sensitive program. Similarly with the diabetes, very morbid condition, very comorbid condition with, as we know in the genus program, but we look at the prevalence of a poorly controlled type 2 diabetes, it's not too bad as we thought. I was surprised with this result myself. Uh, a lot better than, than previously been described. Again, I think it's a function of how culturally sensitive uh, sort of a service delivery in the program. Moving on, so ICOPS is the uh, it's intensive cultural scientific programs. There's a lot of work to be done in rheumatic heart uh, disease, but it's a different sort of a beast because it's a, it's a function of your wealth of social uh, situation rather than what we can deliver. Uh, and we look at it, there's a surrogate data is promising, but we, the future is we're looking at the heart, heart outcome data. And uh, we left it, has ICOP sort of a change the landscape, watch the space. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.